Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Those people were filled with the Spirit of God. They had heard the Word of God, they'd accepted the Word of God, and now they were filled with the Spirit of God, and they were it to speak His Word. That's a great dignity. That's a great prophecy as well. And the prophecy is fulfilled most perfectly in Jesus Christ. He is the one who was filled with the Spirit of God, spoke with the voice of God, taught us the truths of God. But did you know that every one of us is baptized into Jesus Christ? And just as he was priest, prophet, and king, so you and I are baptized priest, prophet, and king. We were anointed at our own baptism to share in this great office of priest, prophet, and king. Something wonderful is happening here. Some great gift has been bestowed upon us. What that means is that you're not like everyone else. You're not just religious or just spiritual or just kind of like everybody else. The baptized share a dignity that is not shared by the unbaptized throughout the world of any other religion or no religion at all. Anybody who just thinks that they're spiritual, they don't bear the gift of the Spirit that you have by your baptism. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon you. You've received the anointing as priest, prophet, and king. Something wonderful is happening here. And you've been given a mission then. You're to be light to the world, salt to the earth, leaven to society. You're to stick out. You're to be recognizable as a believer because how different are your lives because of your anointing, because of your baptism. You've received the spirit of the living God. So something wonderful is happening here. And you and I, the baptized, we share this. Now we need to develop this and act upon it, and that means we should study. We need to be actual learners. We have to read about for instance, the philosophy that's going on in the world, the theology, the spirituality, the lives of the saints. We could be reading Augustine or Origen or St. Bernard or Thomas Aquinas. We might look at more local readers like C.S. Lewis. We might look at Peter Kreeft or George Weigel or Robert Spitzer. All of these will sharpen our wits to be able to speak a word of light into the darkness of the world. That's our mission. That's what we're to be. We're to be light to the world, salt to the earth. We're supposed to be leaven to society. We're not supposed to be just like everyone else. How tragic it would be if we hid our light under a bushel basket, the gift that we've been given. It's a wonderful gift. So living as priest, prophet, and king means that we're going to stand out. Most people suppose that simply because we're believers, we're supposed to be kind to everyone and loving to everyone as Jesus. And that's true. That's, that's the beginning but it actually leads to heroic virtues. It leads to public stands that look deeper into the problems of society, that see things that ought to be touched, ought to be dealt with, where a voice has to be spoken. These are the duties of the believer. Because we're made priest, prophet, and king, we have this world-transforming power as kings. Do you know the first person in our baptismal priesthood, the first person that we're supposed to rule over as kings? We rule over ourselves. We gain control of our passions. We bring them under control, submit them to Christ, and you'd be amazed once the passions are under control, a person has a certain radiance on their face. There's light that shines out from them. They're known as different. Their purity of heart and modesty of, of dress makes them radiant. There's something extraordinary about someone who has learned to govern themselves. You and I are not merely consumers. We're those who have embraced the kingdom. And we govern ourselves first, and then we guide those entrusted to us as priests. You and I share the baptismal priesthood. I also share the ministerial priesthood, but all of us share the baptismal priesthood. 
And by that, we offer ourselves back to God in daily prayer. And the sacrifices, the hardships of life, the, the challenges of marriage, the difficulties of work, the, the challenges of raising kids, we, we offer this as a sacrifice to the Heavenly Father. We, we offer ourselves back for whatever purposes he might have for us. And in that, you and I find ourselves ennobled. We find ourselves with a life full of meaning. We find ourselves with light shining out from us. And finally, the prophetic office. You and I listen to the word of God. We receive the word of God. And we speak the word of God. We teach their children. We speak to those around us. We share our knowledge of Jesus. And like the prophets of old, we don't just teach people. We're not just kind to them. We speak truth to them into the darkness of the world. You'd think it would be easy. You'd think people would immediately embrace the light that would come from us. It's not always that way. Even Plato, speaking hundreds of years before Christ, Plato says, no one is more hated than the one who speaks truth. Not going to be easy. But it's a challenge. And in the end, they receive it. And in the end, they're better for it. And you and I accept that challenge. What does this prophetic witness look like today? Well, the basic tenets of the faith, even our very right to exist, is rejected by many today. Some of our own fellow citizens reject the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as stated in the Declaration of Independence. They've mistaken notions of the purpose of life. They use and misuse their freedom to seek every pleasure, every convenience, even claiming the right to kill an unborn child that gets in their way. It's a misuse of our freedoms. And you and I, because of the light that is within us, the prophetic office that is given to us, can't let this go unchallenged. I took our middle school children over to the Robbinsdale Abortion Clinic for time of prayer. I pray there every Saturday, almost every Saturday now for the last 30 years. And I asked the kids after our prayer, I said, why do you suppose people come here for abortion? And some of the kids said, well, maybe they don't know it's a baby. And I said, well, you know, we've got ultrasound. We can actually see the little child in the womb. We can, we can actually see its heart beating. I don't think it's about lack of knowledge. What's happening here is to preserve a lifestyle. And the kids, their jaws dropped. But it was Mother Teresa said, it's a great poverty that a child must die so that we can live as we want. That's what's going on. So there's layers of sin now. There's all kinds of layers of sin. And the light pierces down into all of those layers so that we can see the truth. We can repent our sins. We can reshape our lives. We can walk together with God. That's what this is really all about. That's what you and I want. So each of us is made in the image and likeness of God. We're made male and female. We're good but fallen. We're precious in God's eyes. So precious that he sent his son to save us from our sins. And the greatest event in world history was this incarnation, this enfleshment of God, that God became man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And his heart was beating with love for us in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Do you know there's some prophetic Christians live, speaking with prophetic voice down in the state of Texas? And they passed the heartbeat law, the fetal heartbeat law, which prohibits all abortion, once the heartbeat is detected, these are courageous Christians. These speak with prophetic voice. They're not, they oh, not going to simply stand back and allow the darkness to overwhelm. They speak into the darkness, and they were successful passing this into law. The Texas heartbeat law penalizes physicians for performing or inducing an abortion once a heartbeat is detected. 
This heartbeat law rejects the Roe versus Wade decision by acknowledging that pre-Roe state laws in Texas ban abortions and they're still valid and enforceable. That Texas heartbeat law relies on civil enforcement of the laws by citizens, making it virtually impossible for the court to strike down this law as unconstitutional. In order for there to be a, a constitutional violation, the so-called right to abortion, the government has to be the one enforcing such a law and taking such a right from a person. The Texas heartbeat law is different from the heartbeat laws in other states that have been struck down as it allows any person the ability to sue abortion providers for violating this law. These are courageous Christians. They were moved by the Spirit of God. They spoke with prophetic witness. These are Christians. That must be all of us. Every opportunity to speak the truth, light to the world, salt to the earth, leaven to society. We're not just like everybody else. We've been given a great mission. Now, we not only want to promote a just society, which of course means working to end abortion, we also have to have unity of faith, all of us, together, sharing the same faith, walking the same path. What ought to be done with pro-abortion Catholic politicians? The question is very current right now. Ought they to be allowed to receive Holy Communion? Cardinal Lorenzi was asked this question, if, if pro-life abortion politicians should be allowed to receive Holy Communion, and he says, you don't really need a cardinal from the Vatican to answer that. He says, ask a class of second grade children preparing for their first communion. Explain it to them. They'll ask you, what is abortion? He says, don't use the euphemism. Tell them what it is. The killing of a child not yet born in its mother's wombs. And then tell them that the person that is for this and says that he will continue to support such killings of persons, should such a person receive Holy Communion? And all the children answered, no. Interesting. Even the children get it. Our president, Joe Biden, used to say that he was pro-life, but he didn't want to force his opinion on anyone else. Now he's in total support of abortion. He struck down the Mexico City policy that stopped the United States from funding abortions abroad. He rejected the Texas heartbeat law and turned the full force of the Justice Department to finding ways to overcome and negate the law. Should Biden be allowed to receive Holy Communion? Every child knows the answer. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi from California is bringing to the House floor the Women's Health Protection Act, legislation that would override any state abortion laws and allow for abortion, in some cases through the full nine months of pregnancy. Her local ordinary, Archbishop Salvador Cordeleon of San Francisco said, the bill is nothing short of child sacrifice. Pelosi responded by saying, it's none of our business how other people choose the size and timing of their families. Really? If the life of the innocent is nothing really to be said, should we allow the life of the innocent to be snuffed out and say nothing? Really? Should Nancy Pelosi be allowed to receive Holy Communion? Every child knows the answer. But what about us? Surely anyone who's had an abortion Anyone who's been connected to the abortion needs to repent and confess their sins. Jesus is merciful. He's full of love. He wants the repentant sinner to approach him, to be washed clean, to be embraced, to be accepted, to be loved, to be cherished. All we need to do is humble ourselves and acknowledge our sins. And then we're ready to receive Holy Communion again. But it even extends down to all those who knowingly voted for determined pro-abortion politicians 
Should we go to communion without repentance? All of us who perhaps have voted for politicians who stand for the death of the innocent, all of us need deep repentance and good confession. It's foundation of all that we know. Every child knows this. Every child knows the answer. All this means that baptized people of God have a duty to speak with their prophetic voice. We've been given this gift. We are to be light to the world, salt to the earth, leaven to society. We're not just like everybody else. We've got a mission. We've got a destiny. All of this is part of our call. As Moses said, would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit upon them all.